I'm just excited for tonight. We're in a series called Show Me Your Friends, who was here last week. What an amazing, amazing message on being single, secure, and satisfied. I just want to recap it really quickly. As we learned last week, it's not good for man to be alone. This is still God's desire from the beginning. God designed relationships to be a vital part of our lives. You are better with others. We are better together. And when God saves, he saves you into a family. We are moving at the speed of our relationships, and our relationships are shaping us and directing us. Show me your friends, and I'll show you your future. As we learned last week, singleness is not a sin. It's a gift. Um, So for all my single people out there, it's a gift. Enjoy it while it lasts, because when it ends, it never comes back. All right? No more late night Buffalo Wild Wings. All right? And the kids come along, and you're like, well, there it is. I'm not going anywhere tonight. So enjoy it. It's a gift. Marriage is a gift as well. You'll get there one day. But I'm excited to preach tonight, and I hope you are excited to hear it. I feel like God has a word for you. And I feel like it's going to be a really good night. If you brought your Bibles, open up to the book of Ruth. And tonight we're going to, I'm going to preface it. We're going to talk about loyalty tonight. So shout out to my mom and dad. They're here tonight. They just got back from San Francisco celebrating 30 years of marriage. Pretty cool. We're going to talk about loyalty tonight. So it's going to be a really cool night. And you're really going to like it. Ruth chapter one. I'm going to uh, maybe read from the screen here so I don't have to bend over so much. Ruth chapter one, so if you can throw it up for me, I'll kind of step to the side. In the days when the judges ruled, there was a famine in the land. So a man from Bethlehem in Judah, together with his wife and two sons, went to live for a while in the country of Moab. Say Moab. The man's name was Elimelech. His wife's name was Naomi. And the names of his two sons were Malon and Kilion. They were Ephrathites from Bethlehem, Judah, and they went to Moab and lived there. Now, Elimelech, Naomi's husband, died. Follow me here. And she was left with her two sons. They married Moabite women. Not women from Bethlehem, Moabite women. One named Orpah and the other Ruth. After they had lived there about 10 years, both Malon and Kilian also died. This is like a bad story to start. And Naomi was left without her two sons and her husband. When Naomi heard in Moab that the Lord had come to the aid of his people by providing food for them, she and her daughters-in-law, daughters-in-law, prepared to return home from there. With her two daughters-in-law, she left the place where she had been living and set out on the road that would take them back to the land of Judah. Then Naomi said to her two daughters-in-law, go back, each of you, to your mother's home. So Naomi is telling these two daughter-in-laws, go back home. There's nothing more for you here. I can do nothing for you. Go back home. So let's, let's go to verse 9. May the Lord show you kindness if you have shown kindness to your dead husbands and to me. May the Lord grant that each of you will find rest in the home of another husband. Then she kissed them goodbye and they wept aloud. This is where it gets really good. And said to her, we will go back with you to your people. But Naomi said, return home, my daughter. So basically, Naomi's pleading with them, go back home. Why would you come with me? I'm going, am I going to have any more sons who could become your husbands? So what Naomi is telling Ruth and Orpah is, hey, I have nothing left for you. I'm, not, I'm too old in age. I'm not having any more sons. I've come to tell you today that loyalty 
does not always lead you to a benefit right away. And Ruth and Naomi, Ruth and Orpah both had to understand that going back to Bethlehem meant that there was nothing more that really God could have given them. Naomi was not having sons, therefore they would not get married, therefore they would not have children. Let's pick it up again here. Return home, my daughters. I am too old to have another husband, even if I thought there was still hope for me. Even if I had a husband tonight and then gave birth to sons, would you wait until they grew up? Would you remain unmarried for them? No, my daughters. It is more bitter for me than for you because the Lord's hand has turned against me. Naomi's in a rough season right now. She's in a really rough season. At this, they wept aloud again. Then Orpah kissed her mother-in-law goodbye, but Ruth clung to her. Loyalty is a choice. Loyalty is a choice, and loyalty has a cost. Where are all my Rapid Rewards members at? Y'all out there? You know what it takes to get a companion pass? 110,000 Rapid Rewards points. At one cent, that'd be equivalent to about $100,000 spent in order to have a companion pass, and then that pass expires. So that's loyalty on condition, that you meet the agreement. Watch what happens here. Let's move on to the next one. Look, said Naomi, your sister-in-law is going back to her people, and her gods go back with her. This is it. This is everything right here. But Ruth replied, don't urge me to leave you or to turn back from you. Where you go, I will go, and where you stay, I will stay. I want to talk to you tonight, a message titled, Loyal to God and Loyal to People. Let us pray. Jesus, we love you so much. We thank you for your grace and for your mercy. And we believe that in these next few moments that you are going to speak to your people and that they are going to receive something tonight. In Jesus' mighty name. And everybody said amen. Amen. Point number one, uh, let me preface loyalty here. Loyalty honors God. So point number one, loyalty honors God. Can you throw the definition of loyalty on the screen for me? Loyalty is actually giving or showing firm and constant support or allegiance to a person or institution. See, loyalty is not a noun. It's not a person, place, or thing. Loyalty is not a verb. It's not even something you can do. Loyalty is an adjective. And an adjective actually explains an attribute of who you are. So loyalty defined means there's nothing I can physically do for you to show loyalty. It actually is a heart issue and has to come from deep within. So that's why loyalty honors God because his very being, his very essence that he is loyal. The term loyal actually comes from an old French word, loyal, which actually means legal, which is actually crazy to me because if it means legal, that means it's conditional. That means it's a contract. See, understand something this evening. God does not do contracts. God does covenants. Okay? So he doesn't do contracts. It's not a conditional, hey, you do this, and then if you do it, I'll do something for you. No, God does covenants. So all throughout the Old Testament, you're probably looking at me saying, well, well, what about when they broke covenant and God's wrath was poured out on people? That's why he promised his son, his only son, to have the new covenant that we would live under today. So he shed his blood, his son he sent to live a sinless, or to live a sinner's life and die on the cross for us. A new covenant. So God doesn't do contracts, he does covenants. Huge difference. It's not conditional. 
God will always, always, always uphold his end of the agreement because God's loyal. That is who he is. And we're talking about relationships between us and people and God. God is loyal. He will never fail you. He will never, ever, ever fail you. He's loyal. It's in his very being to be loyal. A covenant is a promise, and the promises of God are yes and amen, 2 Corinthians 1.20. A covenant is sealed. A contract is signed. God doesn't sign contracts. He seals covenants with a sacrifice, which is why he had to send Jesus to die on the cross so he could seal the covenant with his blood. See, covenants are, they're tricky. Marriage covenant, old covenant, new covenant. They're tricky because God ordained covenants to be something that technically couldn't be broken. He can't break a covenant. He makes it with his people to promise. So I'm married. I've been married six years, six and a half years almost. A lot of catching up to do. We're in covenant. We don't break covenant. We have a promise that we'll be faithful to one another, no matter what, high, low, bad times, good times. We made a covenant. And like Pastor Jabin said last week, this ring, it's not like some magical thing that just changes your life. We have to work on it every single day. It's covenant. That's what we live under. Loyalty matters to God. And to show his ultimate loyalty, he sent his son to die for us. Let's jump right to point number two, because we don't have a lot of time today. Point number two is loyalty requires risk. It was the ultimate risk for Ruth to go back to Bethlehem. She was leaving everything she knew to go with Naomi. I want to break this down for a second. Ruth, Moabite woman living in Moab, has her own gods. They've been living there for 10 years. She marries into Naomi's family, but everybody's dead. So the, the line that she's married from is completely gone. She's a Moabite woman. For her to look at Naomi and to tell Naomi, where you go, I go, is a huge risk. Huge, huge, huge risk. Point number two, loyalty requires risk. It was a huge risk for her to go back. Naomi's already told her, I'm not having any more sons. You're probably not going to get married. To the point where it was almost like, have you ever had that person who's like, dude, don't do it. Just don't do it. Don't go. No, don't do it. And you're almost like loyal to a fault. You're like, don't do it. No, stay here. Please, no, I'm fine. I'll go on my own. You don't have to go. This is what Naomi's doing. She's urging her, hey, stay here. Stay in Moab where everything is comfortable, where everything is familiar to you. I've come to tell somebody it's time to take a risk. I don't know what your Moab season was. I don't know who you lost or the pain that it may have caused you, but I believe it's time to put our loyalty back in the church. It's time to go back to Bethlehem. It's time to leave Moab behind. It's time to cling to Naomi and go back to Bethlehem. Loyalty requires risk. It's time to take a risk. I remember April 2017, one of my favorite stories to tell. We got a text message from Pastor Jabin. He was like, hey, I think it's time to meet. And we were like, all right, let's do this. Almost not a secret mission, but it was a secret mission. So we uh, hopped in the car, me, my wife, my son, and Kyle. 
because Kyle's my best friend. It's our 10-year friend anniversary of this month. Loyalty. So we hop in the car. We start driving 6 o'clock in the morning because that's the best time to leave when you have a two-year-old because they sleep until the sun hits them. They're like, ah. So we start driving, and it's kind of like this moment. We're on our way to Scottsdale, Arizona, and we just look at each other, and I'm like, all right, you ready? Kyle's like, yeah, let's do it. Look at my wife. Are we doing this? Like, we're, we're going to plant this church. Yeah, all right, let's go. So we drive to uh, Scottsdale, Arizona. We get there, beautiful Airbnb, and we're hanging out. We go to dinner, go to a church service. And after the church service, we come back to the Airbnb, and we're all sitting in the living room, and we're like, let's have a chat. All right, let's have a chat. Let's bring your Bibles. We're all sitting around this couch. Our kids are crawling at this time. So this is a little bit of madness. Pastor's crying. He's always crying. <laughs> and he does something so crazy. You think it's going to be like this holy spiritual moment? He was like, y'all, we ain't got no jobs for y'all. We ain't got no money. And there are zero guarantees. In fact, if you don't want to do this, you don't have to. I just believe that there's a people in Las Vegas that need us. So I look to the left. I look to the right. Everybody else's faces are in the Bible. I'm just like, all right, God, here we go. No guarantees. All risk completely understanding and believing in faith that there was a group of people here in Las Vegas, Nevada that needed City Light Church. And we sat back. You can clap for that. That's a good, that's a good time to clap. You can clap for that. Complete risk. And who would have thought that five months later I get laid off and I'd probably juggle five different jobs in the next 18 months. Risk. No guarantees. At all. But what did we do? We had vision. And we clung to the vision. See, you need friends like Ruth. That when you're going through a bitter season, see, actually, when Naomi gets back to Bethlehem, she actually changes her name to Mara, which actually means bitter. So when you're going through a bitter season, you need friends like Ruth. So when everything's messed up, the sky's falling, you don't know what to do, you're like, where's my Ruth? And even when you push people away, because we're good at that. We're very good at pushing people away. No, I don't need you. I'm good. I'm fine. And we live a sheltered life, and we don't let anybody in. We're like, no, I'm good. No, you're bitter. You're upset. You're mad. And guess what? You have every right to be. Bad things happen to good people all the time. All the time. Naomi didn't ask for her husband to die. She certainly didn't ask for her two sons to die. Bad things happen to good people sometimes. Here's the big difference. Do you have a Ruth? Do you have somebody that despite everything that's going wrong in your life will still say, I'm going. Where you go, I go. And in Scottsdale, Arizona, we sat there and we said, yep, wherever you go, we go. We didn't even know if it was going to be Las Vegas. I was ready to go. I was excited. I was like, we out. It's like, later, mom and dad. I mean, not really, but would have made me really sad. But I was like, we are out. We gone. Albuquerque, Texas, Phoenix. I didn't even care. I was like, we're out. This is God. 
And sometimes you have to have that understanding that, you know what, this is God, I'm going to do it. And that's where Ruth is at right now. She's like, this is God, and I'm going to do it. Despite what you say, despite the differences, I'm hearing from God, and I'm going to go. Let your God, Naomi, be my God. And if death comes to you, let death come to me, and so be it. And even being pushed away, Ruth was still loyal. She was still loyal to Naomi. She still got back on the road. She still went back to Bethlehem. The crazy thing is when she gets back to Bethlehem, she does a series of events. And I'll kind of catch you up in the story here. You can throw Ruth chapter two up there for me. It says, now Naomi had a relative on her husband's side a man of standing from the clan of Elimelech, whose name was Boaz. Is the story starting to sound familiar to some of you? Okay. And Ruth, the Moabite, said to Naomi, let me go to the fields and pick up the leftover grain behind anyone in whose eyes I find favor. Naomi said to her, go ahead, my daughter. So she went out, entered a field, and began to glean behind the harvesters. As it turned out, She was working in a field belonging to Boaz, who was from the clan of Elimelech. Just then, Boaz arrived from Bethlehem and greeted the harvesters. Lord, be with you. The Lord bless you, they answered. Boaz asked the overseer of his harvesters, who does that young woman belong to? The overseer replied, she is the Moabite who came back from Moab with Naomi. She said, please let me glean and gather among the sheaves behind the harvesters. She came into the field and has remained here from morning till now, except for a short rest in the shelter. So Boaz said to Ruth, my daughter, listen to me. Don't go and glean in another field, and don't go away from here. Stay here with the women who work for me. Watch the field when the men are harvesting, and follow along after the women. I have told them, told the men not to lay a hand on you. And whenever you are thirsty, go and get a drink from the water jars the men have filled. At this, she bowed down with her face to the ground. She asked him, why have I found such favor in your eyes that you notice me a foreigner? Notice, she doesn't even classify herself as a citizen of Bethlehem. She calls herself a foreigner. Boaz replied, I've been told all about you, what you have done for your mother-in-law since the death of your husband how you left your father and mother and your homeland to come and live with the people you did not know before. May the Lord repay you for what you have done. May you be richly rewarded by the Lord, the God of Israel, under whose wings you have come to take refuge. Boaz, I'm going to make it very plain and clear for you, is a picture of Jesus. Okay, It's actually defined as the kinsman redeemer. So kinsman redeemer defined is a male relative who, according to various laws, had the privilege or responsibility to act on behalf of a relative who was in trouble, danger, or need. Loyal to Naomi, even though she says don't. Leaves her country, is a foreigner in a new country, and does something super strategic. She goes to harvest grain because Naomi is hungry. Got some grain for us today. Don't worry, I'll vacuum it on Tuesday. I got some grain here. 
Naomi goes back to the field to harvest this. Wow. So exciting. <laughs> Specifically barley. I went to Vaughn's. I, I actually, I was like, hey, where's the barley? And she was like, what? <laughs> I was like, you know, like for barley stew. And she was like, oh, yeah, sure. So then she has to grab her manager and go, hey, where's the barley? And the manager's like, um. I was like, don't worry about it. I'll Google it. So I did. I jumped on my phone like, where do you find barley in the store? They're like, buy the rice. I was like, sweet. So I run down the rice aisle. I'm like, beans, 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 rice, rice, barley, boom. So I found the barley. Cool little story about barley. Barley stew is good too. <laughs> I like to cook. She is in a field with sheaves of barley. This is crazy. Because Naomi is hungry. So Naomi's hungry, and Ruth's like, I got you. I'm gonna make a late night run. Anybody have a good friend who will make a late night run for you? Taco Bell, in and out I'm a big Taco Bell fan. And I always try to tell Nadia, like, hey, babe, can you go? Can we have a Taco Bell? It's like 11 o'clock at night. She's like, no. <laughs> and that's why I got married. <laughs> so you think this white shirt is, is, you know, he's skinny. He's skinny. No, no, no. There's a tire right here. It's hiding. <laughs> Feels like I'm wearing a spank, but I'm not. <laughs> and it's there. I'm always like, hey, let's go make a late night run. That is exactly what Ruth is doing. She's like, hey, you're hungry. I'm hungry. Where's the food around here? The crazy thing is they actually get back to Bethlehem during harvest season, which would be calendar year, like New Year's. So they show up and all the barley is ready to go. It's ready to be harvested. And they actually would take the barley. This is why it's so significant. They would harvest it and they would bring it to the altar as an offering to the Lord. So Ruth and Naomi are actually coming back to Bethlehem with nothing. Sometimes your loyalty is going to lead you to nothing. So they come back to Bethlehem and they're like, boom, Naomi's hungry. Ruth recognizes it. And where does Ruth go? She goes to the field. When she gets to the field, she has no idea whatsoever who she is about to run into. Boaz. So she gets to the field. She starts the Bible says, picking up the scraps, basically. Like, can I put this in perspective to you? This is not a clean job. This is a dirty job. She's probably on her hands and knees, trying to find whatever she can find so she can take it back to Naomi to feed Naomi. Point number three, loyalty always leads to favor. Can I have somebody come back to the keys? Loyalty always leads to favor. So Naomi, after she's lost her husband, she's lost her sons, one daughter-in-law was like, you are a crazy mother-in-law, I'm out. And then Ruth's still there. They get back to Bethlehem, and the first thing Ruth does is goes to the field. It seems meaningless. 
It tastes nasty. I tasted one of them. <laughs> Much better in a soup. She does the very thing that most of us completely overlook. When we prepare messages, pastor always goes, what's the obvious thing the text shows you? Well, the obvious thing is she's harvesting grain. That's the obvious thing. The non-obvious thing is what it leads her to. So we don't have to go crazy and shout and do all that stuff because I really think this is sinking in for you. Your promise is always attached to the need of people. Always. And some of you have heard loyalty preached in a terrible way. I'm sorry. Loyalty doesn't mean one end says you do whatever I tell you to do and if you don't, I'm out. Boaz did not have to marry Ruth. He did not. It's a two-way street. And so here's, Na- uh, here's Ruth. She's in the field. Naomi's hungry. And she's harvesting grain. And she meets this man named Boaz. And everything changes. Everything changes. Just because she's loyal, everything changes. I wrote in, I wrote in my notes here that Ruth was never after Boaz. She was never after Boaz. The motive was so pure that she never even saw it coming. She never saw the change. She, never, she didn't even realize that, hey, today we're hungry. I'm gonna go to the field. And once I get to this field, everything's gonna change. Like It wasn't even thinking that. It was just doing the mundane, the thing that probably nobody wanted to do, and that's harvest grain. I've come to tell somebody today, the blessing, the blessing's in the barley. It's in the work. It's in your nine to five. It's in your 12 midnight to 8 a.m. The blessing's in the barley. It's in the work, it's in the field. So don't forsake tomorrow morning when you wake up and the alarm goes off and you go, oh, what's going on? It's time to go to work. It's time to be loyal to the boss, even when they're crazy. I had to be loyal to so many jacked up bosses to get to where I, trust me, I will not go into detail. I had to be loyal to so many of them. Hey, can you come in a little bit early? Nah, I'm sure, I guess. Hey, can you stay a little late? Uh, so that was always the hardest one. Be like, see, I got a wife at home and a kid at home and my belly's hungry. I, uh, but yeah, I'll give you another 15 minutes. It's being loyal to your spouse when he is crazy. Notice I didn't say she is crazy. Gotta be careful up here. <laughs> it's loyal to your spouse when he's crazy and wilding out and you're like, God, this is not the man I met six, seven years ago. But I'm going to do the very thing that is completely overlooked. I'm just going to go cook her dinner. I'm just going to go say, hey, I'm sorry. See, Ruth finds herself in the field. She finds herself harvesting grain. 
Then she meets Boaz, everything changes. She goes back to Naomi and Naomi's like, you met my cousin, Boaz. And it's like, all of a sudden, Naomi's not bitter anymore. Like, great job. She's like, wow, you met Boaz. She's like, yeah, I think he's the one. And then she goes into something very, very, very interesting. And a lot of people take this the wrong way. Naomi gives her strategic instructions on what to do to go get Boaz. And people take this out of context all the time. This is not like a sexual thing. Ruth is actually wearing mourning clothes, clothes from the last season. She tells her to change into something that no longer says she's mourning. And she goes back to Boaz. And Boaz is like, whoa, girl, you changed. <laughs> let, me, let me tell you something. Most theologians, they go in a tizzy over the fact of how much God's name is not mentioned in this text. This is a perfect picture of human relationships intertwined to glorify God. This is why you have to be loyal to your friends. You have to be loyal to your boss. You have to be loyal to your mother and your father. You have to be loyal to your spouse because what's on the other end of it is something miraculous. See, everybody kind of stops, but all my theologians, you read the genealogy and you realize that Ruth married Boaz, who begat Obed, who begat Jesse, who had David, who we would then refer to Christ as who? The son of David. So don't for a second think that working that nine to five, that mundane thing, harvesting the barley will not lead you anywhere. It actually will lead you to the footsteps of Jesus. It actually will lead you to the very thing that you think that you need. I harvested barley for years. I'm grateful for where I am today. I'm so grateful. It's all right here. This little itty bitty worthless piece of grain. Everything. The barley is the blessing, folks. Your relationships are the key. At the end of all this, what happens? Ruth. Ruth gets a husband. Naomi. She gets a son. And we, we get a savior. So don't for a minute think that what you do, the loyalty you have, means nothing. It means everything to God. Loyalty will always lead you to favor. Amen. You can bow your heads and close your eyes. Jesus.